I took my salary that I earned from my internship because back then I was still in school, I was on an internship, so I took the salary, which is not a lot, and I put it into the forex market, not knowing what I'm doing. I thought I was really smart back then, but turns out that I was not smart at all. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I will be your worst podcast host today. And I'm here with featured guest, Karen Fu. Karen, are you ready to rock? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. So let me introduce you to the audience here. So Karen Fu is actively involved in speaking at various conferences, seminars, expos, workshops, Toastmaster clubs, and publicly held events. Having overcome numerous setbacks in her life, she has gone on to inspire thousands of young people, executives, and leaders to realize their absolute wildest dreams through her interactive, inspiring, and engaging talks. Karen has been ranked number one in a Singapore nationwide Forex trading competition, competing with over 200 traders, and has shared the stage with top investment gurus and CEOs. You can find her on her YouTube channel, which I was just watching before we went on, and join 94,001, meaning me, other people who are gaining from her videos about Forex, stocks, the markets, and much more. Karen, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Basically, I've been a speaker for six years, and I co-authored two books with a couple of speakers. And my parents, they are full-time stock investors, and they exposed me to stock investing since I was really, really young because I was really curious what they're staring at at the screen every single day. And my mom invests in stocks, my dad invests in stocks. So that's how they sparked my interest in the financial markets. They also trade a bit of Forex, and also commodities. So they kind of taught me a lot since I was in primary school and secondary school. I started learning a little bit from them. So after they sparked my interest in finance in May, I went to university in Singapore to pursue a degree in finance. And I also, just like Andrew, took a little bit of the CFA. Maybe I took, I remember I took one module, which is mm. the ethics the first module, which is the ethics yes. module. Hopefully in the future, if I have time, I would like to pursue it. But I heard that it's not easy to pass, so I need to prepare for that. So credit to Andrew, he managed to pass with maybe flying colors or better than that. So, so I started Forex about 10 years ago, a little bit later than stocks. And I realized that I really love trading currencies and also for stocks, I invest long term. I don't really trade stocks. I do more of like a value investing because that is what my parents taught me. And that is what school taught me, surprisingly, because I went to finance school mm. and they teach value investing. They don't teach trading. So that's where I learned value investing as well. So been trading for 10 plus years and investing for 10 plus years. Some people might feel that, oh, it's too short. Some people might feel that the amount of time is not important because it's the quality of the time you put in. And the reason I can progress in these 10 years is because I have a lot of mentors. I invested in a lot of mentors 
for trading, I have more than, as of now, about four to five mentors for trading mm. and investing. So I invested, I would say, more than 50,000 just to learn about investing and trading. So it's very important to invest in yourself. Otherwise, I would be all over the place if I don't know what I'm doing. I'm Googling stuff. So yeah, this is what I do now. But for this year, I'm not speaking a lot. In fact, I haven't spoken on the stage for last August, right? So I'll say 10 months. I, I don't know whether I can... frustration. <laughs> <laughs> at least I can still speak on YouTube. That's the, at least better than nothing. I don't know whether I can still speak on stage. I don't know whether I still have it in me. So hopefully when I get back on stage, I would be able to maintain my level of speaking what if that even makes sense yep so yeah that's my speaking okay. career and my investing career yeah exciting all right well now it's time to share your worst investment ever and since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story okay this story I actually shared in my youtube channel two years ago and people are like, oh my God, you lost money too. I'm like, yeah, of course I'm human. I'm a human being. I lost money for sure. So the way I lost money is a mixture of trading, okay, and also investing. So I lost money in both trading and investing. So on the trading part, I took my salary that I earned from my internship because back then I was still in school. I was on an internship, so I took the salary, which is not a lot, and I put it into the forex market, not knowing what I'm doing. I thought I was really smart back then, but turns out that I was not smart at all. So I lost, it's a small amount because my salary back then was really not a lot. It's just scholar, like a scholarship internship. Mm. So they don't pay a lot. So I lost 800 plus dollars. I grew it to 1,005 and then I lost the whole entire thing. So you can say that I lost 1,500 from there. Mm. And then I also invested 6,000, 7,000 plus into, I don't know if you know this term called unit trust. Yes. Unit trust. And lost everything from there as well. So 6,000 plus plus 1,005, you can say it's about 7,000 to 8,000 plus. To a lot of people, it might not be a lot of money, but to me as a student back then, it was like, oh my God, I am broke as crazy, crazy broke. I'm such a failure. And because part of that $6,000 is my mom's savings, and I told her, you know, you got to trust me, you know, I'm, I got this. And then she's like, okay, sure. And then after that, I put that in and then I was like, oh, I lost everything. I was so embarrassed. So... And I realized my mistake from there. That's the good thing. You know, in mm. any failure in life, there's a good side to it, which is... Uh, Absolutely. You, so let's go through learn. the lessons The lessons that you learn. Yep, yep. So the lessons I learned, the main important thing is because back then when I was losing money, I was also pursuing the get-rich-quick dream because I was a student back then. I was attending a lot of Forex seminars, stock seminars, all around Singapore. You know, the previews where the speakers at the end of the session, they are going to upsell their course. So they're going to sell most of them, not all of them. Some of them, okay, a better word. Some of them will sell you the dream, okay? So, oh, you trade Forex, you can 
buy a dream car, you can buy a BMW. So I was like, I was really young and naive back then. So I was like, wow, you can get rich quick through Forex and stocks within one year. By get rich quick, I mean like become millionaire within one year. And then I believe in them. I believe in them. And I gave the counter cashier lady my credit card. And thankfully, she didn't accept it. I was so happy. Because right now, that speaker that I wanted to sign up for, he is banned in <laughs> Singapore. So thankfully, she did not accept the credit card. Because maybe I didn't have enough money in the bank account or something. So she, <laughs> she did not accept it. So I was like, oh, why did you accept my credit card? <laughs> so, but looking back right now, I feel that it's a blessing in disguise. And okay, where was I? So I attended a lot of previous seminars. And yeah, I was the main mistake. Number one mistake is I pursue the get rich quick. Get dream, rich quick. Yep. Which I should not. So the second thing, which I, the mistake I made is I completely ignored risk management. <laughs> completely ignored. I thought it was all about oh strategy, what strategy should I use, what indicator should I use, what trading system should I use. It's all it's all about the hardware, you know, the technical stuff. Yep, yep. But I forgot about risk management and I realized that the one of the main reasons why a lot of traders they lose money is because they don't care about money management, risk management, which contributes to about thirty to forty percent of your success as a trader. So that's one thing I ignored. And also back then I was figuring out everything by myself. Back then I was Googling what indicators should I use to make a lot of money, you know, that kind of thing. And then I cutted my chart with a lot of indicators and I still lost money. So I don't know why I lost money until I started to get a mentor. Mm. Then I realized that, oh, actually there are a lot of things that I still don't no, so if I'm to go back to back then, I would tell myself, please get a mentor, okay? Don't try to act smart and figure it out everything yourself. I'll yeah, get a mentor and mm. I would focus on risk management. And a lot of traders they don't like to talk about money management, risk management because it is boring. It is very boring. So mm. as a creator on YouTube, as a YouTube creator, I realized that when I make a video on technical analysis, indicator strategy, or the views would just come in. But when I make a video on risk management, money management, people be like, you know, this is a bit boring, you know what I'm saying? So it there's a conflict of interest. So that's why a lot of speakers, they talk about strategies, indicators, because it sells. Mm. It sells courses, it sells signals, but it's not what really benefits traders. Mm. And same thing, if you do YouTube, you realize that if you talk about trading psychology, money management, nobody is going to pay attention. I did a couple of videos on trading psychology. People be like, can I just stop talking about motivation psychology? Can you talk more about strategy? I'm like, what? This is the most important thing. And you don't want me to talk about that. So if I'm to start all over again, again, I would put more emphasis on trading psychology because my greed got into me. Mm. My, there are a lot of things. Ego, fear, fear of losing money. So I would not put a stop loss. That's the most 
that's the greatest thing that I've done. I would trade without a stop loss so that I wouldn't lose money. So I would get like 20 straight consecutive wins. Mm. And people would be like, oh my god, you're such a good trader. And only to have the next one trade to wipe out my past three, four months of hard work because mm-hmm. I don't just uh, stop loss. So that is a mixture of risk management, trading psychology. And I realized also I was focusing too much on win rate. Okay, because nobody likes to lose money. Nobody mm. likes to be wrong. So a lot of traders, they are pursuing high win rate strategies. When in real fact, a lot of hedge fund managers, I'm sure you know this, yep. hedge fund managers, their win rate is not that high. It's 40% to 50% and they can make money because my finance professor taught me, you know, you got to focus on this thing called risk to reward ratio. I was like, what? What's risk to reward ratio? And then my finance professor also taught me this. Karen, it's not about returns, it's about risk-adjusted returns. I was like, what is risk-adjusted? So I learned from my finance professors a lot and I credit them for being my mentor as well because Mm. I told them that I had 100% win rate in one month. And they're like, okay, so what's your risk exposure? I'm like, nobody's gonna, I'm not gonna focus on that, you know. And then my prof professor was like, okay, I'll see how long you can last. Mm-hmm. And he was right. I only yeah. lasted for a while. I blow my account. So I learned from all these different people and I really am grateful for them. Yep. In fact, my finance professor kind of looks like you. So you kind of remind me of him. So. <laughs> well, let me, yeah. let, me, let me summarize what I take away from your story. There's a mm-hmm. few things. I think when I started as a young guy in the world of finance, I thought that the best fund managers were the ones that, you know, hit the home runs. And it took many years for me to realize is it's the best fund managers are the ones that never strike out or they try to avoid massive losses because recovering from them is so difficult. And so part of the reason why I do this show is to focus on risk management, you know? So I think that's, that's a lesson. It seems like everybody's got to learn. They go in thinking, no, that's okay. I, I got it. And, I can't tell you the number of people who tell me about their returns and their gains. And I just know like, yep, talk to you in six months, talk to you, (laughs) you know, whatever that number is. The other thing I thought about too, is the idea of, you know, finding the method that works for you. You know, as you said, you were doing many different things and all that, but part of either finding a mentor or, you know, studying about it is before you go committing a lot of money, make sure you've got some plan and strategy in place that fits your personality. And the other thing is that, you know, there is, you know, what I always say about the stock market is that there's always going to be winners and losers. And we, the society talks only about the winners. So every day we see the stories of the winners, you know, if you're in a community of investing or, you know, on the news or whatever, they never talk about, you know, think about the lottery. They talk about the person who won but not about yep. the 300,000 people who lost yep. that yep. Yep. time. Okay. So I think it's, it's an important lesson that I would, I would say. And I have a question. I'm going to ask you about the, the next thing, which is you know, what one piece of advice that you would give. But before I do that, I really have a question that you know, is how, how does somebody find a mentor in your space you know, when there are a lot of people that are not sincere or, you know, they're, but they're very attractive. 
how okay. does someone, how could someone vet someone? How could someone make sure that, hey, I'm going to follow your advice. I'm going to find that person. But how do you make sure that that person really is credible? Okay, how I found my mentor was, I have a couple of mentors. Most of them actually introduced to me by my school because they would come and make talks. They're always guest speakers going mm. to the campus to make talks. So that's how I get to know them. So to find out whether they are credible or not, you just gotta ask them a couple of questions or you just look at their content because a lot of YouTubers, training YouTubers nowadays, they they like to flex the lifestyle, the lifestyle, you know, the trading mm. lifestyle. Yeah, I don't know whether they rented the car or something like that to do it. They rented a mansion and then to flex the lifestyle. So if you see a YouTube channel, they are flexing more than they are teaching, then I guess it's a red flag. It's mm. a... I've seen way too many content creators on Instagram as well, and also on TikTok. They are just showing their lifestyle. They don't teach anything. They just show their lifestyle to entice people. And the worst thing is that it gets a lot of views yeah. because people like that. Yeah. Because people like that. And when people talk about boring stuff like money management, risk management, nobody cares. But when people flex, how Forex made me 10000 this month and bought me a Lamborghini, People like that and people watch that and they subscribe to those kind of channels, which is sad because if you have went to Instagram and you saw this picture, it's pretty popular. The guy that talks about get rich quick, the guy that gives you the easy way out, there are tons of people queuing. Okay, and then the other counter where the guy is talking about get rich slowly and steadily become wealthy in the long term, nobody's gonna line up for that. So that's the sad mm. thing. So so just be careful with that. Got mm. it. Yeah, I mean that's a, a critical thing. The other thing is that even if that person who is really says they have a Lamborghini and all that, even if it's true that they got that from trading, the challenge in having spent years teaching and studying and working in the world of finance you'll never really know if that person got there because of skill or luck. And that yeah. basically means that underlying all trading in the market is a huge amount of luck. There's always going to be a winner and losers. And, and you know, every day you can look at the stock market and there's half of the stocks went up higher than the index and half went up, you know, yeah. went down or went up, you know, less yeah. than the index. And so also, even if they're not lying, it still can be deceiving because of the fact that, you know, they just happen to be the one that won for the last year. And so that doesn't yeah. mean necessarily that their strategy, you know, is working. So that's another mm -hmm. thing to think about. All right. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Number one goal for the next 12 months, hopefully grow my YouTube channel to a certain milestone that I'm aiming for. Just now I told you about the milestone. Mm. So, yep. Um, Exciting. And hopefully get back to speaking on stage because I don't know I, whether I still have it or not in me. So I saw that Andrew, you're, going, you're already speaking yeah. in the physical class on your Instagram. So mm. hopefully publish a book that I've written. I mean, every single chapter I wrote it, hopefully publish that. And 
Yeah, basically these are the two main things that I focus on, book and YouTube channel. That's going to keep you busy for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I have gotten back to speaking in events. Of course, Thailand has had, you know, the COVID situation is not really too severe in Thailand compared to, I don't know, yeah. the US or something. But so I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to be back in face to face. It just makes such a difference. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Karen, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know it's not easy thank to you. talk about it, and I call you one of the brave ones. I say brave because when I ask most people to come on the show, they say, no, Andrew, I'd prefer to talk about my winners. So now you've taken your worst investment and turned it into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? All right. So just remember that trading investing, okay, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. you got to put in the patience. It's not easy, but if you put in the patience, you put in the hard work, it's going to be worth it. So for those people who preach to you get rich quick, just use that as an entertainment, okay, a side entertainment. But if you really want to succeed in trading, please go and learn the proper stuff, how to manage risk properly, how to manage your trading psychology. Of course, your strategy, which only mm. contributes to 10% of your success as a trader. So work hard, be patient, and you will get there. Fantastic. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, which we've learned today, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, this is Andrew Stotts, your worst podcast host today saying, I'll see you on the upside.